improve their communication skills so they can help more people and help people more. I'm your host, Dr. Martin Harvey. I'm a chiropractor and I'm an expert in communicating the value of chiropractic. This is episode 10 of Under the Influence and in this week's episode, I'm joined by a really phenomenal chiropractor, Dr. Vismay Schoenfelder. Vismay at the moment is living in Bali, Indonesia. He has his practice in Singapore and he has been there for a year or so now. But prior to that, he's had extended periods of time of traveling the world with his family, exploring creative uh, endeavors that he will share some about some of in today's episode. And what Vismay has really mastered is the ability to create a practice that engages the team at a level that you don't often see and also engages his community in kind of a vision for chiropractic. He has a really clearly thought out structure around what the philosophy of chiropractic is about and how to bring that to bear in creating an experience in your pro- in your practice that he calls creating your vortex which he's going to share some ideas with you about today. And Vismay and I have known each other for a number of years. He's uh, from Australia originally, but he and I didn't really know each other, even though we know a lot of the same people. But what we've really bonded on over, over the last few years is a shared perspective on what makes a phenomenal practice. He is a, a chiropractor that really believes in building a practice based on authenticity and long-term relationships and really looking at making sure that people feel uh, loved and cared for in your practice and making sure that you're bringing the highest quality of experience at every level for the people that you're taking care of. We've also recently sort of got shared things that we're interested in applying within a chiropractic context. Over the last year or so, I've been looking at how we uh, apply the understanding that we have of how habits work. Habits essentially, once we do something habitually, it no longer is a decision that we actively make. Uh, If we have the habit of exercising, we don't have to agonize over will I exercise or won't I exercise. It's just something that's part of my day that I'm going to be exercising. And most of the time, there's a pattern to how you can create a habit. And there's some really interesting authors that I've been exploring, people like James Clear, who many of you would have seen quotes that I've posted about, who has, I guess, collated a lot of information about the value of habits in uh, creating healthier, happier lives that we can then apply to helping our clients do so. Um, BJ Fogg is a really instrumental author in this area. He's a researcher at Stanford and has been uh, instrumental in helping us understand both the positive side of habits, but also potentially the negative side, how we can get bad habits and get addicted to anything from junk food to technology and Facebook and so on. Uh, And probably related to that, there's an author called Nia Ayal who has looked at what it is about certain products or services that lends them to becoming habitual. And in our discussion today, Vismai is gonna be sharing how he's applied those ideas in creating the programs that he's coaching chiropractors on in how to set up their practice for long-term retention and he's certainly got a lot of credibility in that regard. He has one of the highest levels of retention in the profession anywhere where I've come across and he does it in a very um, loving, caring, this is the best thing for my clients way. So there's a lot we can learn from him there. Um, And Vismay and I have a really great chat and we're sharing a lot of the ideas that he's doing through his program that different applications of ideas that I've shared in the retention recipe and also the matrix. And the core of that is if we really want people to have long-term care, it's really built on relationships that are giving them value on an ongoing basis. So I think this is an episode that you're going to love. Please, if you do get value from it, share it with others. Make sure you subscribe because I've got a lot of other really cool conversations coming up. And welcome to Under the Influence. 
Hey, Vismaya, great to see you. How things? Yeah, we're really well here on Bali. A little bit of uh, upsetting with everything in the world, but for the rest, we're trying to um, just hold things together. We're having some really nice downtime with the family. Yep. And um, all four of us living on under one roof, which has been a nice blessing in disguise from the corona thing. Darling yep. has to come home from New York, which has been lovely. Wow. So um, just by way of context, because depending on when people are listening to this, I think the world may have shifted tectonically again, but we are recording this in July where you are currently on Bali, which is in lockdown and you're not, you practice in Singapore, but you're not currently able to get to Singapore to practice. Is that yeah, pretty much it? Okay, cool. Okay, so I'm really thrilled that we were able to use our mutual lockdown time to uh, have this conversation because there is so much that I think I can learn and our profession can learn from the way you sort of navigate life and navigate practice. And one of the, the things that I've been really hoping to shine a spotlight on through the podcast is what I describe as the fallacy of fast, the idea that it that we're, we're sort of naturally attracted to these quick fixes um, in life generally, but in terms of wanting to grow our practices, um, that there's this, if I can do this, if there's a hack to do this short term, that's great. But you've always sort of leaned into kind of the most organic, natural way of growing a practice and having an impact in your community. And I think there's a lot that we can learn from that. Um, so would you be able to maybe just give us like a little bit of a rundown on your journey in chiropractic, um, like the high spots of how you've ended up practicing in Singapore and how you got there? So you take that from wherever. Yeah, chiropractic care most of my life. I really love chiropractic. It really takes a, a central part in my life. But I also uh, acknowledge the fact that not all our clients go home and watch YouTube films or read green books. So I've, I've really... Really? I've really looked at finding this backdrop to how can I make other habits come into people's lives that they relate with chiropractic. And by doing that, I, I occupy space in people's homes, but I occupy space in people's minds also when they're not in the chiropractic office. And okay. my PVA is well above 2000. It was, you know, two, two and a half thousand consistently for more than six years, my last six years in office. And, so that was when you were practicing in, in Amsterdam area, so Netherlands? Yeah. 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 And essentially what we did, Martin, we, I like a lot of coherence with my work. So I like, I don't want to be uh, Dr. Vismay in one hand in the office and then at home on this other person. So when I first started the practice, I had some of my values going towards the office, but I had more pushback from the office dictating my life rather than our values and our habits and our daily lifestyle going into the office, I had a little bit of back and forth, you know, I guess just trying to be a people pleaser, building a business and wanting to attract new clients and things like this. Um, so what do you mean that the, the office was sort of imposing, you felt like to, to run a successful practice, there was like an imposition of how you had to be in that environment that was not yeah, and I've true to you? Yeah, story with that because, and it was a big argument that I had with Jody. Anyway, she walks into the waiting room one day, the waiting room's full, and she goes, where are the keys to the car? You know, the car was parked in the car park. And I said, oh, um, excuse me, if you would just wait one minute, I'll be with you in just a second. And she's like, what are you talking about? Just give me the bloody keys, will you? And I she sort of caught me off guard, you know, and I was a bit like, hey, don't be like that, you know. But anyway, she embarrassed me further by saying, what are you trying to be? I'm your wife, man. Just give me the bloody car keys. And people in the waiting room started laughing at me and just really enjoying this transparency that Jyoti was giving. Anyway, I get home that night. I was so angry at her. Don't do that and don't belittle me in front of my clients. She says, just drop your, just drop your bullshit. Just drop yeah. your... You don't need to be something you're not to please people. So, and of course, I didn't see it then, but as time wore on, of course, Jyoti was right, as she as she usually is. Her perspective is always very accurate, even though if it's a pain point initially. Yeah. So that actually was the first, that was the conversation, that was the argument, let's say, that actually started me to think, how can I have more coherence with my private life and my chiropractic? Yeah. So, And we just talked before this conversation, like, 
why do we as chiropractors want people to come to chiropractic for life and yet we create this ecosystem of instantly gratified 20 new patients next week, double your yep. practice, do this seminar and incorporate it Monday morning, you know, within 10 hours of leaving the seminar. Yeah. And so we actually just took the really long road, the really slow road. And we built an incredible system that seems quite mm -hmm. magical, almost alchemical, actually, when you first look at it. But when you know the formula for alchemy, yeah. Um, it's actually a very non-instantly gratifying approach, but once you get traction with the way we do it, there you cannot stop this. It's it's not personally yeah. dependent. It's got it's that. Not... Sorry, man. Yeah, no, no, that's cool. I was just going to say, like, part of that discussion that we had before we started recording was that idea that I think a lot of people in in our world, like, it's a big cultural. Um, uh, conversation at the moment this idea of hacks and shortcuts but the downside of it is you end up on this treadmill of always looking for the next short-term solution whereas the approaches that I think you and I are both wanting uh, or advocating for may not get that instant rush of 30 new patients next week and the long-term focus and the, the deep focus on building things based on values and um, coherence and um, looking for your people. There's that sweet spot that I hope we'll speak about that you talk about um, of looking to serve people who naturally want what you have to offer, that there is an alchemy in that that creates a momentum that then has that long-term albeit delayed gratification you get this phenomenal practice that you know some of the things that really impressed me about your practice is yes there's that retention aspect to it which is phenomenal and it was also a practice that wasn't completely dependent on you you were able to take extended time away from the practice and travel the world with your family and have a, a really great lifestyle rather than well the only way that I can keep this this Thing happening is if I'm there overseeing it. So I think there's some things we can probably talk about in terms of team engagement and so on. So, um, so where before we um, even launch into this, just hear me out on this one. So if you're yeah. really like, you know, up to your eyeballs in student debt, or you have a high debt, or something's happening with your finances, and you think, yeah, that's all well and good, but I don't have financial space for delayed gratification. You can do yeah. this work simultaneously. I hear you, I have empathy for you, but it's a big carrot, the, 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 uh, the instant gratification. Mm. But why not keep that going while building this model that I'd love to share with you today? I'd really yeah. like to just bring across as much value that you can at least walk away with, with a perspective where you can see, okay, I'm going to build a business, not just a job. I'm going to have way more than a job that goes well beyond the scope of my presence, actually. Yeah. Okay, that's an awesome distinction. I think it's not a, a yes, but in terms of the instant gratification. It's a yes, there are circumstances where instant gratification is absolutely what you need. And you want to recognize it for what it is and get beyond that. So cool. All right. So where do we start? How do you create this lifestyle, Vismai, where we've got massive retention, we've got people who love what we do and uh, we, we can be our, our, our authentic selves in our practice. Plus we've got that sort of leverage of uh, having a, a business rather than a, uh, a job. Where, where should we start? Well, we should start by just understanding the formula for alchemy. Excellent. The formula for alchemy. Alchemy equals making fixed assets volatile and making the volatile assets fixed. I'll give you an example. Chiropractic education posters can become extremely fixed. Yeah. Or you can put a quote, you can paint a quote in your open adjusting area, a quote from BJ, you can paint it on your wall. That becomes fixed. Yes. How do we make that, that sort of stuff volatile? Instead of painting something on the wall, we can have a quote board that just changes every month. Yeah. Instead of having static chiropractic posters that we hide behind or stand behind, not that they're not designed well, yeah. but I don't have any of those in my office. For somebody okay. to come long-term, uh, they need real art. Why do I like real art? Because a human being has made them. The universal intelligence has come through the artist onto the canvas. So yeah. every four months, we change our artist. We find wow. a featured artist. I've done that for about 20 years now. 
That's so, so cool. That's one way of making a fixed idea like photos on your wall or art on your wall or chiropractic education on your wall too. Let's change the artwork every four months. Yep. Wow. Another thing to make a fixed asset volatile is instead of having a static lending library, you have a book of the month. Yep. And if you want to bring in the 33 principles, you, you add that to your newsletter, you go through one cycle. I bring out a newsletter every quarter. And in that quarter, I always have two chiropractic principles and I just give a brief talk about them and we incorporate that through the whole team. So anytime a person asks a question, my CA or I, we try and answer it with the perspective of that principle that we're focusing on. Oh, okay. Cool. It takes me three years to get through those principles, Yeah, but it doesn't matter. That's, so that's making the assets volatile and the fixed um, yeah. and the and the volatile assets more stable. So with the with the I get the fixed assets making them volatile. How are you? What's how are you making the volatile assets more fixed? What's so for what's, example, my adjusting sequence. Yeah. Kind of dynamic because it moves, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I never change it, and that's got a bit of mo inherent movement in it itself. Yeah. If somebody comes into you with a headache, you might start or some sort of neurological issue. You might give them specific, you might do a specific adjustment for a specific thing. Yeah. I don't do that. I just have a fixed sequence. I start yeah. the client every time by just holding the back of the occiput. Yeah. And I get them to take two breaths in and out. And that's the anchor that enters them into the sequence. I Got touch it. in the same way every time. Yeah independent of what um, symptom they're coming for. Got it. Got it. That's so cool. All right. So we've got that initial perspective where we're uh, incorporating the um, formula for alchemy. I know a big part of what sort of drives your movement towards this um, growth and uh, sustainably growing practice is the idea of this sort of chiropractic sweet spot that you is a cornerstone of the program that you run for chiropractors. Did you could maybe share that? Is that a, is now a good time to maybe pivot to talk about that? Yeah, sure. So there's a difference between my strategy, which actually never really changes and my tactics and tactics change depending on what's available with technology, depending on what, habits that I introduce to my community, what gets um, engaged in and adopted and what gains traction. Yep. So the underlying strategy, I'm into value hunting. And what does value hunting mean? I'm into searching for people that share my values. Yep. And the chiropractic sweet spot that I talk about is I love you, you love me. No, this is not a romantic idea. It's, a, it's an idea that... Platonic love. Yeah, it's yeah. like... Uh, you see in me the values of vitalism, naturalism, holism, and humanism. So your clients might not mention those words, but vitalism just means they acknowledge the natural cleverness of the body. Yep. Naturalism means that they see their body as a part of nature. You can see this in the clothing people wear. A lady might come in wearing a natural linen skirt. 80% yep. of my favorite clients in Singapore wear Birkenstocks. You know, you go to yep. a Birkenstock store, it's kind of a natural thing. Uh, then you've got holism and then um, which basically means they see their body as an overall functioning system in an overall functioning universe as opposed to reductionism where they try and look at their body in parts yeah i just really struggle to look at the body reductionistically so yeah. the, the 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 concept of holism just gives a lot of coherence for me to dialogue yeah. with my clients around table talk yeah and the last one is humanism as opposed to authoritarianism so Humanism means they have a friendly relationship with their own body. So it yeah. starts with, for me, it starts with self. This self-friendliness, this love towards self, as opposed to authoritarians. They tend to praise me up when I do things really well for them in their eyes, but they are also the first person to slag me off when it's not going well, yeah. you know, whereas an author, uh, whereas a humanism, humanistic person won't. They'll just tend to walk with me. Yeah. They'll acknowledge that I've got a great skill. I'm a great chiropractor with a great adjustment, but that doesn't mean I'm any better or yeah you're not put on a pedestal no, no, for no, that no, yeah no, no. Yeah. so in and terms the of that the sorry, Martin, before you go on the last part of the equation is the you've got money yeah so we're not running a charity here we can't just both love each other based yeah. on values they have to be able to afford lifetime chiropractic care for at least themselves and preferably for their family also that's the sweet spot 
So as I've seen you represented, it's sort of three intersecting circles. There's um, them, you, and then that they have money. Is that sort of an accurate representation of it? And right in that intersection of those three circles, that's where the magic of this growing organic practice can can happen. Is yeah, that... so when I start my practice, it's, it's a very small overlap. There's very few people that fit that sweet spot. But as the years roll on, it's almost like those three circles converge on each other and merge on each other. And actually they turn into one circle. Yeah. So by the end of it, everybody loves me. I love everybody and everybody can afford it. It just takes a lot of discussion off the table. Yeah. As far as the context for the, I mean, there's a few people that benefit from that approach. The first one, of course, is our clients. They, they get the biggest benefit from all these habits that I put them on, um, you know, because it's, it's about healthy living and connectivity. And the second people that benefit are the staff. My staff just, they just love having a settled office of people, full of people that love to come and can afford it. There's never a discussion around you're too expensive, you're, you're this, you're not fixing me. And, you know, they don't even use those words, you know. Yeah. And then um, the last person to benefit, of course, is us, the practice owner. So I'm a lot into self-preservation so it's all well and good to be a serving your community and having this altruistic approach to want to help the whole world but at the same time you'll end up burned out if that's your only yeah. go-to it has to have self-preservation with your giving and that's the the financial reward the stability the sabbaticals i take they're all yeah. wrapped into that so in terms of just referencing back to that idea of getting off a treadmill, a short-term treadmill, and us talking about expanding that sweet spot, there may be a need in that initial stage to, to get that process started where you're doing those sort of ways of getting people to know that you're actually there, but then the idea would be to set things up to specifically appeal authentically to the people that love what you're about the humanism yeah. naturalism um etc and then the natural growth then is going to be that over time that more and more people are going to be attracted and referred to you because of that i love this place i want to share it with people who are also going to love it um, and a smaller and smaller portion of people are going to be the square pegs in the round hole yeah, that, that's it. And I, I do spend a lot of time on office design initially yeah. because, and also shaping my, what I've termed my chiropractic vortex. Yeah. The office design has to subliminally speak to my values. I can't ask people to drink water and then provide a plastic cup. Mm. It's just a real belly flop for naturalists. Yes, definitely. I can't have, well now, right? Everyone's got to um, disinfect their hands. So you can pay $4 for a bottle of disinfectant from the local pharmacy. No, what we do, we pay $65 from ASOP, which is a really natural brand. Yeah. And I just like linking with that as a major naturalistic thing. You know, it's a, I can't have a synthetic floor in my office and be talking about natural healthcare. So we've got a hard teak wood floor that we, yeah. we use. Um, so I do spend a lot of time on that. And then the shaping of my vortex, this is really where my, I guess I transitioned from the strategy into the tactic. Yeah. My vortex is a tactic. I've got 45 elements to my vortex. Whoa. Okay. And the first four elements, they're so easy. It gets back to this idea of this vortex being a backdrop, like the white walls in a gallery make art look better or the lighting makes art look better. It doesn't take away the center stage, like the art's still the important thing, the chiropractic adjustment's still the important thing. Yeah. But without the white walls and without the lighting, the art's just not nearly as nice. Yeah. And or as appealing, right? So my vortex is like the white walls in an art gallery, and there's 45 things, and they're so damn simple, but they do take people to a tipping point. They do lead people from a like a layered structure of your office to a tetrahedral structure where one feeds and there's little lines running through my practice where certain clients latch onto certain elements of my vortex. Let's say, for example, my quarterly newsletter or my book of the month, 
or the lilies that I always have. Every week I have the same flowers from the same person. It sits there. If I ever go for dinner with a client or go to somebody's house, I always take those flowers. It's like a, a memory. Signature, yeah. yeah. It's like a signature that goes with that. But those 45 elements just become the backdrop to the adjustment. And they, you know, I, you talk about the influence literature, but to create a new habit requires a lot of frequency. Yeah, definitely. And it's not... The, the adjustment itself is, is just not frequent enough to get a lifetime habit initiated. But these 45 elements that I use, they, they just... Got it. That. So the vortex then is 45 pieces of a signature that makes the experience of coming to see you this and they're, they're informed by your uh, values and is that an accurate way of describing what the vortex is yeah so the the, the values are something that i take into the tactic of the vortex, vortex, the vortex got is it. essentially a rhythmic cycle that i take everyone through each time they go through one of what i call my hook cycles which yep. lasts six months in our practice the longest element which is a biannual juice cleanse that i do yep um Every time someone goes through the next cycle and goes into the following cycle, they come deeper into my vortex. Got the it. Deeper into my vortex they get, the more pain of disconnect that they have by not being in it. And results yeah. are not even a part of my vortex, Martin. That's just a given. Chiropractic is so great that if someone's under 45, we get results. But results are too much of a one-off event. Yeah. Oh, I've got a headache. Oh, I went to Vismai and I don't have a headache. Okay. But that's just got nothing to do with developing lifetime um, loyal clients that spread your message. I call my um, my um, ambassadors, let's call them. I call yep. them my sneezers. I developed yep. sneezers to share the message of chiropractic. And so it's that the Seth, the Seth Godin sort of reference of the idea virus that the to have a an idea there and a or a movement that spreads you need sneezes so people who are going to spread the the idea virus is that the metaphor there yeah definitely like seth godin wrote a very very nice book it's been my favorite book if you want to use the word marketing for a want of a better word because it has a negative connotation especially in chiropractic but he wrote a book called this is marketing yeah and that is as close to my work as i've ever seen anywhere he talks yeah. about a concept of like drop a little bit of purple food dye into an ocean and you don't notice anything leave the ocean and find a swimming pool in your neighborhood and put that little bit of purple dye in there and the whole per the whole swimming pool turn purple that's yeah. the value hunting strategy but yeah. the vortex is a tactic yeah you know that's that's this that's interesting cycle yeah. where my clients can anticipate what's happening as a leader of your business your clients need to be able to anticipate where you're going to be in a few months. Like yeah. I do a biannual juice cleanse and I always seed the next juice cleanse with the current one that people are in. And yeah. I always have a, an open day, a free open day for family and friends on the end of that juice cleanse. So when someone's not eating for seven days, it's very difficult not to talk about us. Why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, oh, well, actually, they've got a free open day on Saturday. Why don't you go? Yeah. So we combine our, what, what I call our satellite campaigns, and then we settle immediately after then we settle back into the rhythm of the practice. That's awesome. So earlier on, you mentioned um, that uh, you, you tie into habits that, uh, so that you become part of people's lives. Is that, is that what we're touching on here, that there are these, you sort of have this inbuilt rhythm that people are invited into that, is more frequent and more immersive than just receiving care so that yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so that and that needs to happen quickly martin you've got about six weeks yeah to get those first four habits in and um the formula for changing somebody's behavior behavior equals um mat which is motivation yeah. ability to do the action yeah. and the trigger yeah. So my first four habits, I can tell you them just quickly. The first yeah. one is getting all my clients to stand on two legs evenly so that they don't. Oh, that's lean ones. Yeah, yeah. The second habit is that they don't sit with their legs crossed, that they sit with their upper body on two balanced sitting bones. Yeah. The third one is that they drink one liter of water for every 40 kilos that they um, weigh. And the next yeah. one is having a brisk walk immediately after every adjustment. 
They're simple, they're free, they're easy to instruct. I have scorecards for knowing if they're getting engaged. Um, I trigger them to drink the water. I, I give them something to sit on their fridge at home in the form of a yellow post-it note. And I just have written on it, stand on two legs. And I say, every time you go to the fridge, just shut your eyes for two seconds and distribute your weight evenly. And this yeah. just triggers them into thinking about me. It also gets people in the household talking about me. I have a little card that's 28 days long. And I say, just put a tick in the box every time you drink your two your liter of water for every 40 kilos that you weigh, tick that box. Yeah. They know I'm serious about getting onto those habits. I motivate them with reasons why to do them. Yeah. I also let them know that if you don't do those things, you're going to be dependent on people like me for the rest of your life. Yeah. And we can do way more with chiropractic if you just help me with these few simple things. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really cool. So do you, just to like very, very specific, do you gradually implement these four behaviours over the first six weeks or is it you give them all of them at once? And I do that in the report of findings. I just yeah. say there's four rules that I have that everybody comes to me and it, it's independent of what you come to me for. You yeah. need to do these. To, I, I need your help. You know, you're above 30. You haven't had much body work done before. And I've got my back against the wall to change your body's tendency. Yeah. Yeah. At the moment, you've got quite an unbalanced tendency. The smallest stress can just unbalance your body. So I need your help. You know, I, I can't possibly do this. So if I adjust you and you go away and stand on one leg while you're talking to your friend out the front of my office, it's completely pointless to come here. So I use those sorts of yeah. sentences to help motivate people so that they... And then I start to move away from the idea of results very quickly. I just talk about the benefits of having a body with grace and ease. Yeah. I say, we all know a great night's sleep's important. We all know nutrition's important. We all know exercise is important, but consider the framework of your body. The communication from your brain through your spinal cord to the rest of your body is completely dependent on a body that's got a balanced tendency. Yeah, that's awesome. That's yeah, so clear. That is so cool. Um, so actually, just rewinding a minute a minute ago, you mentioned that book. Um, this is marketing by Seth Godin. It's really interesting. I did the uh, so the book was written as a book version of a course that Seth Godin writes called the Marketing um, Workshop. Yeah. You yeah. did that with Tony Croak. You did yeah, that. yeah. Tony and I did it, which you know is a complete story of its of its own. Because I sort of expected it would be this, like I'll just sign up, it'll be an online course, and you just sort of go through it. Oh my god, it was six months of self immolation and uh, doing these reflective pieces. So. It's not in, not instantly gratifying. I Absolutely. Yeah, there's a lesson there. Maybe I should think about that. Um, it was phenomenal. And the thing that I think is really important that you're right, marketing can have this uh, sleazy sort of tone on it. Um, the thing that I love about that book and that workshop and that perspective on marketing is his definition of marketing is, and I'm paraphrasing here, but it's essentially um, the generous sharing of information that's going to be helpful and engaging for the specific people who who you've identified. Yeah. So his idea of people like us do things like this, yeah. it seems very, very embedded in what you've spoken about in terms yeah, like, of... Like I said, I've never read a book that's so in line with the work that with Jyoti and I have been doing for this last 20 years. This yeah. was got a great way of writing us to to bring it home and you know we're not selling some dodgy widget that gets people addicted on something bad you know we're selling yeah. chiropractic adjustments it's yeah. so nice so the longer the quicker you get people deeper into the vortex the more they're going to stay in care so yeah. people are going to end up getting adjusted for way longer than if you yeah. don't like it's easy in easy out for me like you end yeah. up there's a van halen song called uh, i forget the name of it but it, it says something like you miss the beat you didn't put something else in its place and it slipped away. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's sort of the, and so the new person comes in, you don't introduce other habits. You just get results, but they've got results. What do they want to come back for? Their life's busy. People are not interested. They want to get home to their families, you know? Yeah. So I'm just very quick. You asked me before, do I do that over six weeks? The first four habits need to get in really quick. Really quick. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. It's interesting. I'm serious about that. And I really am serious about that. 
that habit part of it is really amazing. Like I think I've uh, gone on a bit of a deep dive in habit in looking in a parallel path to look at how we can implement that habit formations uh, understanding that people like um, BJ Fogg and um, James Clear and other and uh, Charles Duhigg have written about. And in doing the reading, the thing that I found really interesting is if you look at the biggest change in perhaps our society over the last 10, 15 years has been the emergence of uh, online things like social media that are incredibly uh, habit forming. And they were designed like that, you know, that a lot of the people who developed Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, etc., are graduates of Stanford and went through BJ Fogg's uh, program on essentially, you know, how you create things that will have that natural reward. And I think you can learn a lot from that understanding and but then have people doing things that are actually serving their lives. Whereas yeah, I key. think that's the key. We're not talking about it getting people addicted to something that they're not benefiting from. So the yeah. client for me has to stand central in the benefit. So more my vortex, there's nothing cunning about it. There's nothing manipulative no. about it. It's actually these 45 elements a complete benefit to the to the client actually but there's one book actually that is that i can really give as a tip to the listeners here today it's called hooked how yeah. to build habit forming products but actually i extrapolate to how to build habit forming yeah. services and it's by near il he actually yeah. quotes fog in here a lot yeah he a lot to learn from from those masters who look fundamentally at habit forming lifestyles actually yeah yeah so near i think did that program and uh did the bj fog program um at stanford so yeah interesting connections there it's interesting that you look at what his most recent book i think it's his most recent one is unplugged which is essentially how do we resist the um, the the online the the technology that that tries to enslave us? But that's perhaps a discussion for another day. So well, that's cool. Um, so where we've got now, we've spoken about that idea of creating an environment that um, is going to naturally help people at the highest level through the unique lens and approach of your values. Just backing back to that. If how would somebody, if they were like, this sounds awesome, this is something that I really, really want to uh, dive deeper into, how would you suggest, like, actually, this is probably a good moment to just talk a little bit about the program that you run, because I imagine there's some people who that would be super um, attractive. And perhaps along the way, if you can talk about how within that people would get in touch with their values. So my, my signature program's got one chapter in it called Forming Your Linchpin by Understanding the Values of Your Favourite Clients. Got it. And all the rest of my work's quite irrelevant, actually, if you don't understand that. Yeah. For me, this is like paramount to understand what your primary values are. And I, I actually don't give too many choices. I just give those four values as choices to chiropractors. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you to be a vitalist or a mechanist. And there's certainly nothing dogmatic. It's a spectrum. Sure, I sometimes think mechanically about the body while well, I've got my vitalistic tone, but my my tendency is definitely towards vitalism. Yeah definitely my tendencies towards naturalism you know do i sometimes forget my bag at the supermarket and i use a plastic bag sure like it's nothing dogmatic yeah. you know so that's the first thing um you know is to get in touch with that and i've just got a, a series of ways of highlighting that and then one tip that i can give you all now is just get a big piece of paper in the kitchen of your office and just put a line down the middle and just write vitalism mechanism naturalism artificialism holism reductionism humanism authoritarianism get 20 clients just randomly pick 20 clients and just put them in a box this isn't a judgment don't get me wrong i'm not judging people this is a very pragmatic exercise and then it'll make you think you know you won't let's say somebody fits the box of artificialism how do i know that they've been you know they talk about the medicine they're taking or they might wearing be wearing synthetic clothing um how do i know they're a mechanist how long will this take to fix they'll yeah. use words like fix they won't talk about the overall idea of the body they definitely won't talk about nature um 
you know, like I said, in the authoritarian will say, I've heard you're the best chiropractor in the town, you know, because you fixed my friend and he's he's been to all the specialists, but you were the one that fixed him. You know, when I start hearing those sentences, I'm like, okay. So that when they drop out of care, I don't have to blame my CA that something went wrong with the report. You didn't do the recall properly. Do the recall properly. You know, we were all humanists here. So we're yeah. like, yeah, that makes sense. They're not here. Of course they're not here. That's yeah. Cool fine it's, it makes great sense so it brings so much coherence into life you know we yeah. had the same team for 20 years my first ca is still there in the office and you know we had four cas and they're all still there there's so much coherence to this but we have spent a lot of time on not beating ourselves up but inviting people that share our values and so you get a lot of traction not just with your team yeah with your clients but uh, the whole system supports it even without you being there so let's tease a few things out from there before we go further I, you said what the signature program was and what the first chapter was if somebody's interested where do they find out more um they can email me at vismai which is spelled v-i-s-m-a-i at the chiropractor.com.sg yep they can look me up and they can just private message me. I'm friends with you on Facebook, Martin. Yeah, so yeah. My, my name's spelled V-A-S-M-A-I. And there's a website, mychiropracticsweetspot.com. Cool. I'll have the links for that in the show notes. So whatever podcast player that you are listening to this on, if you have a look at the show notes, there should be a little link in there that you can click on to take you through to Fizmai's excellent I information. Warn, uh, the listeners, Martin, that <coughs> not like, you can't do it on the weekend and in put it into the office on monday it's a very it's completely the antithesis of yeah so it's it's a slow build actually like, yeah. uh, last year we just started a new office in singapore and the whole year i just spent putting in these elements i didn't yeah. worry about numbers or practice growth at all yeah. and i've just been out of the office now for four and a half months because i had to leave singapore to come back to the family but because all those elements are there that supports the associate coming in or the locum yeah. It doesn't rely on Vismai, the rock star, famous, great chiropractor, this or that. You know, the more good looking you are, the more charismatic you are, the more friendly you are, the more you get distracted. People get distracted by that. So drop all that, build a system of a vortex, and you can just really reap the benefits of it long yeah. term. You know? That's awesome, which is actually probably a perfect segue. A couple of times we've spoken about how you've been able to create with this system, the vortex and the engagement around values that you've been able to create um, teams that are long-term engaged, that they're buying into the vision, buying into the values and that their presence and commitment then allows a greater degree of flexibility for you in terms of being able to take sabbaticals, being able to create something that is a legacy in um, the Netherlands, which is still going and thriving. I think Marty Cook is still um, involved there and has been for years and years and years, but you're, you created that and it's still having an impact even though you're on the other side of the world. So if we were looking at how, to, how does that happen, is there a different process that happens to create that team engagement or is it an expression of the same things that we've already discussed? Uh, there's, de it's def there's definitely some links, especially on the form of values. Like I do spend a lot of time with my onboarding process. Yeah. I always take three months to interview somebody. Wow. Process, yeah, I never have the empty bus empty seat on the bus syndrome that needs to be filled. I did that once, and that that just didn't go well. Out of we had nine associates in fourteen years, the average person stayed about four years. Yeah. One time, I just didn't do my due diligence it was a friend of a friend and actually someone who I grew up with actually and I just didn't do the interview process correctly so we had like 180 people on a waiting list for them and it was just a very embarrassing situation that unfolded in this small part of Holland that we were working in so that made me think okay what am I looking for in people so the interview process is critical I've got three layers to that and if somebody gets through that and it still doesn't work out, I take full responsibility. It means I'm the asshole, not anybody else, you know. Um, and I do the same for the CAs. And then there's an onboarding process. And then there's a there's a, almost like a maintenance process of the relationship of the, of the associates. Yeah. And I like having that platform 
of consistency. I think I'd picked that up from my first associateship with Ken Parker. Yeah. In Tasmania, and he took me out for lunch every Friday. And we had a little book, and that was kind of like an archive of what we spoke about. And he just cared for me and gave me so much uninterrupted attention that it just formed a very trusting platform for developing me as his associate, actually. So I, I sort of took that over from Ken. So just connected to that then, so the three-month process, would you be using that in terms of interviewing um, CAs as well, or is that? Yeah, yeah I yep. do like that. And, of course, once again, it's not instantly gratifying, but I, you know, I have my inner sweet spot group now, and a lot of people have just been through interview processes this last 12 months and yep. any of them that will tell you they are so happy they took the three months why is that it's because let's say you meet somebody a seminar or let's say it's a friend of let's say i send you a friend martin and you think oh that's this my friend they must be great yeah you can't do it like that we're such a small business if you get the wrong person into such a small space it's yeah just, it's such a stress you know so many stories within our profession it's stressful around associates or around CAs or work disagreements. And I believe that three months is the minimum time to get out of the honeymoon phase of the interview yeah. into some sort of realness where you start to, you know, where values start to emerge. Yeah. And the guys that have been doing that with me these last 12 months, they're really grateful and they've got great success now with their associates, but they've all said, gosh, if I had have not taken the three months, I would have employed that person, but I'm really glad I didn't because after six or eight weeks, something changed in the interview Yeah, yeah. where we didn't match so well. And it's, it's beneficial for you as the business owner, but it's also just as important for the person you're employing. You know, it's a win-win or a lose-lose situation. Nobody yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, you know, so for me, it's just um, taking the time to do that. That's awesome. So um, if I kind of round out what we've been talking about, it's there's the potential, you've been able to create this and then essentially recreate it and then coach stacks of chiropractors through a process where we zoom out and take this sort of big picture view of ultimately what we want to create and it's built on a fundamental understanding and clarity around what your values are and then creating from that a coherent approach to communicating that and embedding that so even beyond just the the obvious communication of what you say there's a rhythm to how people are interacting with you and with the other behavior changes and habits that you're helping people evolve into that then creates a natural flow for people to want to keep engaged as their life is getting better. Is that kind of a short pricey of it? The rhythm is critical to it. The topics, the elements are very personal. We just essentially pushed all our lifestyle into the practice, but the rhythm's so important that like, for example, I call one of the rhythms book of the month. Yeah. I call our newsletter, the quarterly. Yeah. Because it comes out every quarter. I call the juice cleanse the biannual juice cleanse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I set up these rhythms. Yeah. I talk about our biannual artist or our quarterly artist. Whatever it is, I always use those words to bring it just stretches the the anticipation of what somebody's coming into. Yeah. That's so cool. Well beyond scheduling and well beyond how frequently they have to come for chiropractic care. Yeah. Yeah. And I seed that from the get-go in the welcome booklet. I seed my lending library. I seed my annual, biannual juice cleanse. I seed all these different elements. And one person latches onto one and they really like that. Like the same person that might really like and look forward to collecting my newsletter, they another person might never even pick up the newsletter. Yeah, yeah. So, But that's not for me to decide. I just make the elements available. Yeah, but there's certainly lines and chain reactions that happen through that tetrahedral diamond structure. That, <laughs> that is so cool. I admire. There's so much thought gone into this. It's it's uh, really super impressive. Is why well. I love it. It's not for nothing that my PVA is such an outlier within the profession. You know, yeah. like you know, Martin. Really looking back on it, it wasn't so thought about and engineered with such purpose. It was more like looking 
back retrospectively, you know, Marty bought our practice. I still speak with Marty every week. We sold yeah. it in 2013 to Marty, but he just pressed me for answers. Yeah. And it wasn't so obvious, but by him pressing me for answers, that's kind of built this whole um, coaching idea around how we can share this same approach with everybody else. But it wasn't done for that. It was more like we just pushed our life into it and yeah. it happened to get traction, you know, with yeah. the people we shared values with. Who would have thought authenticity works, hey? Yes, who would have yeah. thought? Who yeah. thought? So, Vismai, thank you so much for so generously sharing with the Under the Influence audience these phenomenal, uh, potentially transformative ideas around how we can help more people and help people more. Uh, I really love so much of what you've uh, shared with us and sort of feel very much there's a congruence in terms of um, I'm, I've zoomed in on the communication piece of how we can essentially uh, use language in a way that is very consistent with what you've described. So it feels really great to have um, seen the application of the same ideas in just a different sphere of influence. So thanks, mate. I really appreciate it. It's always lovely to catch up with you, Martin. Always thought-provoking and um, hopefully everybody gets something, some small piece of information from this that's practical. All right, and so uh, make sure to share this episode with somebody who um, is going to benefit. And I think that this is the sort of thing that anybody is really looking for that big picture, long-term impact, legacy type uh, practice impact. This is going to be one that you can listen to multiple times and get more out of. Uh, make sure to check out uh, mychiropracticsweetspot.com. Links will be in the show notes and we will catch you next week on Under the Influence. Thanks for listening to the Under the Influence podcast. Make sure to subscribe so that you can catch all future episodes of the Under the Influence podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, then you will love the online program, The Retention Recipe. It's all about communication strategies that you can employ in somebody's first 12 visits that help transition them from a pain level of health belief to a prevention level of health belief and open up the opportunities for them to see chiropractic as part of a performance or wellness lifestyle. Check it out at insideoutpractices.com.